0: huskies warming house podcast is also brought to you by the soda pod home of mncaa college hockey news and more stay wild and up to date with new episodes throughout every week find them on apple podcasts youtube and other podcast platforms welcome into the huskies warming house podcast episode 185 nick max and noah grant here in the den and uh Nick, uh, no men's hockey this week for St. Cloud. Maybe a good thing. Uh, all things considered, their opponent upcoming for this week had a very intriguing series that we'll dive into. Still, some more men's hockey stuff on the table. On the women's side, St.
1: Cloud State Huskies are nine and two. Nick, they're rolling, bro. They're yeah. rolling. Um, to put this in perspective, no and, and I know this is the way too early. You know, Nick says things. Segment of the show. Um, they had 18 wins all last year. Mm-hmm. It's not even November. They have nine.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: So, granted, there's a lot, not to say that the competition and non conference was, you know, you know, for lack of, you know, better or worse, but it's going to get tougher. We'll put it to you that way. Um, top five in the WCHA for women's um, in the WCHA are all ranked in the top 11 in the coaches' polls, in the women's pairwise. Uh, so it's going to be, shall we say, as much as I want to say the nine wins is impressive because it is mm-hmm. um, getting the next nine and beyond is is going to be a challenge.
0: Going to be a big test this week. Uh, very good hockey at the Herbruck National Hockey Center coming up uh, this upcoming weekend. Uh, we're, of course, going to dive into that as well. Uh, and of course, uh, dissect everything around the WCHA and college hockey on the men's side as well, too. You won't want to miss it. And we start, as always, with Center Ice View news and notes presented by HuskiesIllustrated.com and The Soda Pod. Center Ice View news and notes. Center Ice View provides you with the best coverage of St. Cloud State Huskies hockey from game notes, recaps, photos, and more. Go to CenterIceView.com. Welcome into the Huskies Warming House podcast, episode 185. Noah Grant alongside Nick Maxon here in the den, uh, recording on Monday, October 30th. Release, of course, uh, will be coming out on Tuesday. And if you're hearing this, it's because it's been released and the show is out. So, uh, Nick, of course, before we get to some men's and women's college hockey news, we, of course, we made some changes to the show where we're largely, of course, focusing on the Huskies and everything around college hockey We'd be really remiss, though, Nick, if we didn't mention a former Duluth Bulldog in Adam Johnson, unfortunately losing his life the other night uh, from a really unfortunate uh, and tragic incident with a skate blade coming up, cutting his neck, and he ultimately did pass away later at the hospital, Nick. Um, Yeah, I think the whole hockey world is extremely stunned. Obviously, uh, speaking to his hockey lineage in Minnesota hockey, it's very extensive. Scored his first point, NHL goal. In the Axel Energy Center for Pittsburgh, uh, you know, in his home state, it, there's a lot to obviously look back on fondly. But at 29 years of age, Nick, uh, a hockey player that uh, has been gone way too soon.
1: Yeah, way too soon. It's it's a so, it's a it's sobering reminder um, of the risks that pro athletes take on a nightly basis, and it, it's a unique to hockey too, right? Um, yeah. Uh, at the end of it, it's it's an unfortunate accident. Um, it's not something that you know you ever wish or think is possible. And most of the times, you know, it's 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 not something that is an issue. Um, but here we are, right? And again, the important issue of note is that a young man playing the game that he grew up succeeding in, again, had success at the high school level with Hibbing. Um, so that's, uh, you know, back in Pat Micheletti's side of the world, right? Yeah. Um, and then going on to play UMD. Again, those two cities have a long connection of generating Division One, And then, as you mentioned, NHL Talent Facts is only NHL goal that was recorded was, again, in his home state. And, you know, for anybody that laces up a pair of skates in the state of hockey, uh, you know, you can't really script that any better uh, to sh- not to say cap off a dream. But to sort of say you've made it right is to score um, your first goal in the Excellent Energy Center, whether it is a part of the hometown of Minnesota Wild or unfortunately in an opposing team. Right. Um, I, I think there's a lot of significance to that. Um, and, and, and to kind of wrap, up the point here, Noah, this, it's devastating, right? You have the player, his family, uh, the hockey communities. Again, we mentioned UMD as well as Hibbing. And of course, the Nottingham Panthers, I believe, uh, was the team that he was uh, part of over in the United Kingdom's uh, English Ice Hockey League, as they call the EIHL, um, who again suspended the game. Uh, They also suspended the games, I believe, on Sunday. And at the end of it too, I believe um, there's been, some talks about uh, possibly postponing more games uh, that are due on the schedule.
0: Yeah. Um, just- rule, cha- rule change done as well too. Man- mandatory yep. net guards actually for the rest of the season. And I think that uh, in years past of course a, a lot of players have worn the neck guards where you you put them on you kind of wrap them around your neck and I, I i would not be shocked if there's going to be a greater emphasis maybe even at the national hockey league level where they're going to start designing maybe undershirts kind of i think about a guy like thomas plaich right he used to wear that yeah. kind of big turtleneck type thing i think that they're i would imagine they might start implementing things related to that where they're going to maybe start to put protection into the undershirts so they don't look bulky they don't look out of place but they're fitting and protective for a lot of these players Players, of course uh no no reminder for anybody who's been following the game but Clint malarchuk in 89 richard zednik yep. in the early 2000s a couple of really strong examples of close calls that we were fortunate you know to have go the other direction so i, I definitely think there's going to be a lot of changes in the game of hockey related to equipment and it's something that uh you know, it's, it's almost 2024, Nick. It's something that, you know, hockey's been around since the 1800s. It's kind of wild to think that this is something that we're having a discussion about with the advances in technology, the advances in whatever. And I, I don't know that it maybe has had such a prominent following because things don't happen regularly like this. No, But I think when you have someone pass away at, at such a young age, it, they're... It, as tragic as it is to say, we I mean, wish uh, Adam's family and, of course, all those surrounding him, the Bulldog community, um, you know, the team over in England, of course, anybody, Pittsburgh Penguins, Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, had a really good uh, tribute the other night, wishing them all the best. But I think there is going to be a lot of positive coming out of this. I think there's going to be change for the better here. I would be kind of surprised if there's not, and I think there's going to be more emphasis on the equipment.
1: Now, since you mentioned the 1880s or 1890s back. That, that's Nick, Nick's birth year, yeah. I know, right? Um, remember, this was a game that started off where the goaltender was not allowed to go off his feet to make a save. Yeah. Right? So it's a and the reason I bring that up is, you know, you, you mentioned how hockey has evolved, right? Um, now, granted, when I played, I wore a neck guard. I'll yeah. admit it, I did. Um, and to a degree, I, and I think that, you know, the players who wear them or or with the youth that were i would imagine the the bulk of the change will be at the youth hockey level for yep. sure. Um i think it's going to be a little bit slower for the pros although i want you do wonder if a pro player and and the 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 consequences of this of this unfortunate accident maybe makes some players think twice about it. But as you mentioned, I think there's going to be a greater emphasis on it. I mean, we talk about it every week. No, this game is fast. It's physical. Um, you got players falling. And, you know, again, you know, you, you do sort of wonder and you know and, and it's it's hard to describe it without being so blunt. You, you kind of wonder how it doesn't happen more often just because of the nature of the sport. We're glad that it doesn't, you know, and again, as we mentioned before, this is not ever something we ever want to have a discussion about here on the Huskies and podcast. It is unfortunate, but like you said, you do hope that, you know, there's positive that comes out of this and a change that helps better protect players um, while they play this amazing game. And Nick, uh, we're
0: almost a year removed uh and then some let's not forget january 2022 i was trying to jog my memory i was like why does this feel familiar don't forget you remember teddy Balkin, by the way the high school hockey player who ended up ended up dying 16 years of age exactly similar story and you know back-to-back deaths within about a two-year span here now uh, with something like this I, i imagine like you said change at the youth level a lot of players don't wear them one because they're uncomfortable and two because they're a little bit unsightly it's kind of the same conversation that they have at the nhl level with you know wearing visors you know Mm -hmm. face shields versus like full full cages and things like that i mean it's it's kind of a little bit about the look same with guys who don't wear ear guards i know a lot of guys that have gotten hit with pucks or other objects they don't wear ear guards and they've had some things go on as well too so um Would not be shocked if there's changes, but I I think there's going to be a lot more emphasis and at least intrigue into the way equipment might be made uh, after recent events. So wishing Adams family, like we mentioned in the hockey community, nothing but the best. A really sad story uh, coming out this past weekend that we'd be remiss if we didn't address it here on the Huskies Warming House podcast in more positive news, as we alluded to. St. Cloud State on the women's side is rolling right now. 9-2 is their record. Uh, WCHA that didn't give them much help this past week though unfortunately although they came close. Uh, the team that the Huskies, uh, a couple of teams that actually that St. Cloud would be watching would be the Gophers and Duluth. So uh, Duluth this week weekend, a 2-1 to victory against Bemidji State. Had the Beefs pulled one of those games out or pushed that one to overtime for a victory, would have helped the Huskies quite a bit I believe and then uh, on Saturday of course, Duluth taking care of business 6-0 against the Beavers. On the other side, it was Ohio State on that Saturday beating the Minnesota Golden Gophers 6-5 in an 11-goal contest. The night before, it was Ohio State. The Buckeyes winning an overtime 4-3. The Gophers garner a point across the weekend uh, based on the overtime lost. And Wisconsin. Taking on St. Thomas, 5-3 was the victory on Friday, 3-0 on Saturday. That St. Thomas team giving a little bit more fits to teams early on, though I'm kind of curious to see if they're maybe a little bit closer than people thought in the women's realm. So uh, some interesting scores. And why is it interesting? Well, let's put it to you this way. Minnesota Duluth and the Gophers, according to the WCHA standings right now, sit below the St. Cloud State Huskies right now. Huskies currently in Third place in the WCHA. Nick alluded to it earlier on in the show. 18 points of the Wisconsin Badgers top the grouping 6-0 and on the season. They've only allowed four total uh, goals in conference play. Ohio State one point behind at 17 after a strong showing against the Gophers. Um, a 944 win percentage. And then right behind them, the St. Claude State Huskies, 12 points. Uh, they've only lost once in conference play. An 800 winning percentage in the WCHA. 9-2 overall. Duluth is tied with them at 12. They have one more game played, and they lost that extra game they played. Gophers at 10 points, rounding out the top five. Um, they and the Bulldogs both have a 6-6-7 win percentage, uh, but the Gophers have the same number of games played as St. Cloud because don't forget they matched up against each other on that Tuesday. So, And then Bemidji State, Mankato, and St. Thomas, all six contests for them have yet to find a win for all three of those programs. So the bottom three really having a tough showing early on in the season, but St. Cloud state, again, we mentioned it nine and two in the open an 8-1-8 winning percentage. They're four and zero at home, two and O at uh, neutral sites and three and two on the road. So if they can just find a way to kind of clean up some of their road game, uh, it's going to be advantageous. They've got a big test coming up this week at home, Nick, but before we get to those, we have to get to last week's scores before we get to those. Overall in the WCHA Nick, uh what's your impression of last weekend?
1: Um what the heck's wrong with the golfers defensively?
0: Yeah. And this Honestly. is some this is something we talked about too with their roster <laughs> turnover. It might it might be a little more interesting than maybe we thought, you know, people were giving it credit for.
1: Maybe. Um and cuz at the end of it I, I think we expect them to figure it out. Um but at the end of it too that the golfers, you know, when and, and we'll say it this way, Ohio state's a good squad, right? Um, six, five though. I mean, that's, that screams a track meet to me, right? About up and uh, back and forth down the ice. And that's sort of, at least in the past, uh, the golfers were sort of the trailblazers in that kind of style of hockey, just because they had the talent, right? Uh, WCHA has got five teams that can play a track meet and can keep up with you. Um, I get the sense, no, and I'm I'm not sure if you feel the same way that this is obviously a style that's not at all sustainable, but yep. you do kind of wonder that it's sort of the way they're playing now as they're getting things figured out defensively. Uh, granted, it's not that they're bad. Um, again, for the Gopher's goal differential, I think they've scored 32 uh sorry, 30 given 30. up 12. Yeah. Um, so it's not terrible uh by any stretch of the imagination, but you do kind of wonder with some of those high scoring affairs that you know there's still some ironing up the wrinkles per se defensively by Brad Frost
0: yeah certainly would agree and uh you know Ohio State a very good team we had them picked in the preseason polling for us to finish atop the conference so obviously a very tough opponent two close hockey games so you know mm-hmm. there is that to be said but it'll be interesting to kind of follow through you, you know you kind of compare you said 30 goals for overall uh 22 in conference play to compare uh St. Cloud State 32 goals for and 14 in conference play Huskies have a plus 24 goal differential uh across five games it's actually better than the Gophers right now so I mean you look at uh the success rate that uh that the huskies have had it's it's been really impressive speaking of st cloud they took on mankato this weekend mankato having a really tough start oh by the way goal differential one more point um overall of course non-conference bolstering this st thomas has 29 goals for 42 against so out of the bottom Mm -hmm. three teams they've actually been the most productive in terms of scoring they just have been on the wrong end of a couple of hockey games unfortunately Mm -hmm. um but moving back to Mankato, this was in Mankato, Mayo Clinic Events Center. Uh, Friday night's game had an, an attendance of 107. Huskies win 3-1 on the scoreboard, outshooting the Mavs, doubling up on shots, and then some. 31-14 was the total. 14-8 in period number one. 10-4 in period number two, and 7-2 in period number three. The Huskies locking things down in the second half of that hockey game. Uh, St. Cloud, just under 500 in the dot. 26 wins, 28 losses. They were 1-4 for on the power play and perfect 2-2 for on the kill. It was actually Mankato that got the scoring started very early in this hockey game, less than a minute in, um, and and then the huskies had to respond about seven and a half minutes later grace wolf her second of the season um alice surreal and avery farrell tallying assist there and then emma gentry unassisted her fourth of the year with just over three minutes to play in period number one taylor lind adds a power play goal less than three minutes into period number two emma gentry and clara Hemlarova with the helpers there and that was all we wrote sani ahola Finally, you know, getting beat with a puck, apparently. Uh, 13 of 14 in terms of the saves there. Uh, mighty impressive, all things considered, for the Huskies doing everything they needed to do. Mankato, maybe not the strongest opponent. You maybe would have liked to see the the score spread in this game, and we'll talk about the next game a little bit larger, just how the Huskies have been rolling. But the, the reality of it is, and we talked about this in the WCHA for years and years, Nick, especially when the Huskies were on the other side of some of these scores, wins a win and a regulation victory is a regulation victory. The Huskies did a great job on Friday night.
1: They did. And as you mentioned, Sonia, Hola, her shutout streak of four straight games ends with just one goal against. I mean, that's just insane. Uh, Incredible. And
0: well, well, I guess I should say good that it ended early in that hockey game too. I think just so just to move on and it's like, all right, now we're in one. We got to find our way back in the game. Huskies responded beautifully.
1: They did. Um, and, And to your point, you know, with the the score differential. Um, you know, again, you you when you score a bunch, right? Um, it feels good. Uh we're gonna talk about how Wisconsin has put up some crooked numbers early in their season. Um, uh, you know, that's the Huskies next opponent, but at the end of the day, you mentioned it perfectly, a win's a win. And I think with Brian Idolsky, I think he'd be more happy, you know, regardless of how many goals you score offensively. I don't think he cares whether it's 2, 3, or 10, as long as it's 2, 1, or 0 that you're giving up. I think he'd be happy with that. Um, again, the PK, his defensive first style, for the most part, that's what you know his identity wants to be tough to play against. Um, I think that's what he really is looking for. And at the end of the day, like you mentioned, a W is a W and a 3-1 the victory on Friday.
0: Yeah, certainly would agree. Saturday, score two nothing in favor of the Huskies. Attendance of two oh one. There, assistant referee Shannon Motzko. Don't know the relation there, but just want to throw that out. By the way, um, interesting uh, in hockey circles. If you know anything about Saint Cloud hockey, and uh, you know we were just talking about the Gophers on the women's side, something to do with the men's side in that in that particular last name. I don't know. Um, Sean's twenty six aside in this one. Oh, wow. Thir- yeah, thirteen. 13- <laughs> 13-8 in period number one for the St. Cloud Huskies. It was actually 12-6 in favor of Mankato in the middle period. And then 7-6, the Huskies take home the victory uh, with the shot total in period at number three. Neither team scoring on the man advantage. 0 for 2 for the Huskies. 0 for 4 for the Mavs. A very paltry 18 for 47, though, in the face-off dot for the Huskies. That's got to be better, Nick. That's a 3-8-2, 38% winning yep. percentage. That's got to be better there's no excuse for that that's a, you, you have to have possession from the puck drop we talked about it on the men's side too st cloud got to be better in the dot both goals uh coming very timely uh into and uh out of period so tail end of period number one dale ross's third of the season taylor lynn and laura zimmerman telling assists with a minute and a half to go in period number one and then 34 seconds into the third grace wolf uh multi-goal weekend for her her third of the season, Clara Himlarova multi-point weekend. She tallied an assist in this one as well. Jojo Chowback perfect twenty-six of twenty-six. But, uh, yeah, Nick, and I, I, I mean, you look at the the face-off groupings here. Katie Kaufman seven for seven. Addie Scribner had three attempts, only one. One of them. Taylor Lynn was exactly five hundred. Clara Himlarova five wins, ten losses. Emma Gentry two wins, six losses. Uh, Avery Farrell didn't win a draw. You know, like it's. For for the great scores that the Huskies have had, and I know this it sounds nitpicky, and I and I do want to get your thoughts, of course, on this game too. But it sounds nitpicky, but you have to be nitpicky. When you start a season nine and two, you're getting ready to play a top-tier opponent in the WCHA, one of the most well-coached teams historically over the past two decades. Those are the things that can win and lose hockey games. It sounds silly, but if you don't take care of special teams, if you're not winning puck possession early on and faceoffs and having great coverage. You know, a game that's two nothing, that opening goal could be a faceoff loss in the defensive zone and just like that it's in the back of your neck. This Badgers team coming up this weekend will not hesitate. They took care of Mankato, Nick on Saturday. Your thoughts overall on Saturday's game and the weekend and uh one of the areas that the Huskies maybe actually do need to clean up despite the great start.
1: So let's let's address it a couple different ways, right? Uh Noah's not nitpicky. Number one. Uh, number two, anybody who's played the game of hockey uh, knows that the face-off draw in today's day and age to you know have possession of the puck. Um, again, face-offs, right? Assistant coaches, you're drawing up. What do you do if you win it? What do you do if you lose it? Right? You have assignments either way. I'll tell you what, the assignment's a lot more fun when the puck's in your possession. I'll put it to you that way. Um, and let's just say that good teams like Wisconsin take advantage when the puck is on their stick. So at at the end of it, you're absolutely right. And we talked about the woes in the men's side and the details and those types of things. It's the nitpicky. This is what we're talking about. It's winning in the draws. It's also then, okay, well, if you lose a draw, are you contesting? The puck, right? You go. You winning board battles. These are the details: the stick positioning, your body positioning, um, you know, driving players and funneling pucks in the areas that can induce a turnover or to you know put you in a good spot into a, shall we say a um not a weak spot, but a you know. You know what I mean. Anyways, my train of thought's gone. Yeah.
0: Disadvantageous positioning. Yes. Thank you.
1: Um, So at the end of it, these are the things that separate the good teams from the great teams. And here's the great news about this conversation. We're having this discussion with the women's team that for the last couple of years that we've covered them on this podcast, and and honestly, before we started this, we saw the talent. We saw that there was a, a possibility, the potential was there. And, you know, it's been... They were on the other end of these scores. Yeah. And it's been disheartening to see that, you know, these are the things that were causing their losses, right? And how many times have we seen in the past where they played Wisconsin tough, but a mistake here or a mistake there cost them a game, right? It's these sort of details that will make or break, potentially a win or a loss. So I, I don't blame you for that. And they're going to have to be ready because if you look at Wisconsin, yikes, Yeah, uh, to give folks some perspective on Wisconsin, right? Um, they've scored 74 times this season, 74. They've only um, played 10 games. And they played 10 games. They have scored eight or more goals in one, two, three, Four times they've got a sixteen to one win, a twelve to two win, a nine to nothing win, and an eight to one win. Um, for lack of a better word, so they play St. Thomas actually played him tough, five to three plus three nothing. Um, so honestly, not terribly. But you know, at the end of the day, this is where all these things he talk about structurally and executing and transition play—it's the consistency of everything that you're trying to accomplish as a hockey team has to come together for this Wisconsin squad because this is a team because they're that talented, right? We we talked in the past and I've talked to, you know, with our sister um, podcast with MNCAA, how essentially when your team is not playing well, hard work will almost always win over talent in most cases. However, talent can beat you at times, Wisconsin has enough talent where they can take advantage of a small mistake. They can do that. Um, They've only given up 10. They're a plus 64 in their goal differential in the season. So, you know, it's a challenge. But I think, you know, I'm going to kick this back to you, Noah. It comes down to one. And you talk about how it sounds kind of cliche. First, it comes down to confidence. You have to have the confidence to go out there and, and to feel like that. The structure you're playing, that you know your assignments, You know your inner skill, whether it's distributing of the puck, shooting the puck, maybe causing hell in front of the opposing netminder. That that's going to be something you can go out there and actually win with. Um, So they got their hands full, but a game with St. Thomas, who again they haven't won a game in WCHA yet through six contests. You know there was you know two goals in the three. That's one of the closer matchups that Wisconsin has had all year so far.
0: Yeah, certainly was. Uh, Like you mentioned, Goldiff, conference-wise, 35-4, to so plus 31 for uh, Wisconsin. St. Cloud's only given up five in the WCHA, so good comparison there. They don't score at the rate that Wisconsin does, but that's not St. Cloud's game. I mean, they've been scoring well enough to be serviceable, but, you know, it doesn't you have to score more than the opponents. It sounds quite obvious. Speaking of which, Nick, as we preview this Wisconsin series, some really fun statistics that are great to talk about on the St. Cloud women's side. Just under three goals per game for this group, Nick, they've given up 0.7 mm-hmm. goals per game this year. Mighty. Mighty impressive, almost 20% on the power play, 92% on the kill neck. They've only given up three in 36 opportunities. It's been very good uh, for this grouping. Nine power play goals themselves, uh, you know, great shooters, and they're taking care of business all over the ice. I mean, it's it, it's really great to see for, for this group. And then, you know, you talk about these individual leaders. We will mention the goalies in a second. Clara Himlerova paces the group with 11 points, the first multi-point getter for the team this season, a point-per-game player for um, these Huskies plus nine. Uh, she's She leads the team in goals, six goals, five assists. Um, the team leaders in assists are actually Katie Kaufman and Ella Onik. Good to see that defensive activation too. We talked about the yep. game that Ella Onik has brought as well, too, you have to have a catalyst like that for the men. In years past, it's been a guy like Nick Perbix. It's been Jack, Jack Ashawn, You know, like guys that are able to uh, provide that offense from the back end. It, it just helps supplement things so well. Um, and then on the goaltending side, Nick, I, I disgusting. I mean, yep. Sonia Hola, people, people started five games. Has played a total of six contests. She has a nine ninety save percentage. That's ridiculous. <laughs> she is she has allowed one goal in 299 minutes of hockey. That's just insane. Five games played, four shutouts. Jojo Chobak, who by comparison looks extremely poor in seven contests with a nine five seven.
1: Imagine saying that. Your nine five seven is poor compared to your goaltending partner. Two shutouts and
0: four victories, six goals allowed. Uh, A a total um, that is seven total goals goals allowed between these two goaltenders over the first nine contests of the season, Nick. And the Huskies have lost two games, by Mm -hmm. the way. Empty netters notwithstanding in the Gopher game. This Badgers team is going to be very good. There's no doubt about that as this women's team prepares. Nick, these games... Our must-watch hockey, if you are a WCHA slash Big Ten whatever fan, you have got to tune in for these contests. On Friday, it is a 3 o'clock Central Time start. This one is at the Herb Brooks National Hockey Center this weekend, people. Saturday, 1 o'clock Central Time on November 4th. Your butts better be in the seat if you're in the Granite City and you've got nothing to do. This team would welcome a raucous home crowd. This should be a good weekend of hockey. This will be the first true litmus test, besides playing the Gophers in the single game set a couple of Tuesdays ago, where over the course of a weekend, we're going to get a good look at how for real this St. Cloud team is. They've had a hot start. They're a top 10 team in the country right now. They are do they belong nick we're gonna find out this weekend boy how could you not be excited how could you not be excited about huskies hockey this weekend
1: you have to be licking your chops honestly um i'll be at the rank on friday i'll be calling the game on big 10 plus potentially saturday's game for fox 9 plus we're still waiting on confirmation with that i'll hope to be doing both games but um, will definitely welcome the opportunity for Friday. Um, because as you mentioned, you took the words in my mouth. This is the litmus test, right? This is the okay, this is my measuring stick. Where are we at? And, uh, you know, have had a chance to Brian yet uh, to talk to him, I should say. But, you know, I would imagine, Noah, if you're the head coach of the Huskies, right? And you're looking at your body of work that you've put up yet. And like any coach, you're going to be happy with some things, you're going to want to, you know, have some things improve here. But I want to ask you because I think this is something that maybe we forget as hockey fans sometimes. And that is, you know, you can either respect your opponent and you can essentially play up to your competition. And what I mean by that is two things, because it can actually mean very different things. One is you rise, you stick to what's been working, you execute the way you know you can and you come up with a victory or The other side of that coin is when when I say play up, that means you feel like on an individual basis, you got to do more to get past the proverbial Goliath, right? But then you get out of your structure, you start chasing the game a bit, and you feel like you have to do more with less because that's what it's going to take. So you're cheating the game. And then all of a sudden, you're on the opposite side of the win-loss column, right? So I think the biggest test really isn't the structure. It's not the talent. But I would argue, you no, know, and and correct me if I'm wrong, the biggest challenge for the Huskies is to believe in themselves and believe in what and how they are playing the game and that it can be a formula for success.
0: It is a mental battle. Don't forget last season, of course, in front of a crowd of almost 15,000, the Huskies got a one nothing victory against these Badgers. Nick, w- when you look at this matchup, you know, in years past, we've talked about, you know, where they were going to stand, you know, what they could do. Like you said, could they match them pound for pound? They historically have played Wisconsin tight, at least in a couple of games over the course of the season. Number one, from a coaching perspective, if you're Brian Idolsky, uh, Janelle, Sergey and staff, you're not satisfied. You're not satisfied with where you're at. You're nine and two. You probably could be 10 and one. You know, y- y- you probably could could still have another victory in there. You still have a lot of things to clean up. You can't be satisfied. you got to be focused on improving your process. Like you said, you have to look inward and say, you know what? We've got the ability to be even better than we already have. The second thing that I will say, and Nick, we've waited almost four years to say this, if the Huskies play Wisconsin this weekend and they come out of this weekend with no points on the board, it will be a disappointment. Yep, it will be a disappointment because of how well that they've played this season. Things are really coming together. Now, if anything, you want to make sure hockey games are close, you know, regardless of the score, make sure that you're doing your job to give yourself a chance every night. But the way this team has been playing the way that structurally they've looked good, they clean up a little bit of things in the faceoff dot. They continue to do a lot of things, right? They get good goaltending. They should grab points from this Badgers team this weekend. And that is like, that phrase almost puts chills down my spine. Just thinking about the progress that this Huskies women's team has made over the past three and a half years. This is what we talked about the belief in this program. When Brian Idolsky was hired a year and a half ago, trying to continue an already started process from a really great freshman group that is now upperclassmen, seniors, graduate players, man, Nick, it's going to be a great weekend of hockey. And I seriously can't wait for action in the WCHA. Anything else you want to add before we switch to the men?
1: Yeah, honestly like why as a fan would you not want to come out and watch this? Oh team? yeah. I mean honestly, um I know we 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 plug this team and we have been for a while. But I don't know in our brief 4 to 5 year history of covering this team that there has not been a more exciting time to be a fan of this squad. Yeah. Honestly, the the talent level that's there, the coaching that's there, I mean, you've got arguably the best goaltending tandem in the nation. I would beg to argue that there's not a better goaltending tandem in the entire um, Division I women's college hockey rankings. There isn't one. I guarantee you that. Uh, Is this team going to have the most flashy offensive talent? No. But some of the scariest teams, Noah, are the ones that win by committee. And I will tell you one thing about watching this squad through their parts of the season. They get contributions up and down this lineup um they do and that's a team where is more scary than a team that's got a, a you know a, just a filthy top 6 but maybe that bottom six you know is just a different a, a different skill level right um this team can get inputs from all 12 their their defense is active Um, again, they protect their own goaltenders and they make it a nightmare for their opponent's goaltenders. You you know what, Nick? And this
0: maybe concludes our point. You said it perfectly. The last grouping that you just said describing this hockey team, it sounds like you're talking about Wisconsin because Wisconsin is a very deep team. We're talking about St. Cloud. We're talking about this team that has a chance to really do some damage. They could potentially for the first time in a long time Take two games away from Wisconsin this weekend. It's going to be very exciting. I I honestly can't wait. Uh, Nick, getting ready to move over to the men's side here. Of course, men were off last weekend. They get ready for a big test this week. Before we preview that, we, of course, have to recap everything going on around college hockey last week. A couple of scores of note um, outside of NCHC teams. Alaska Anchorage beating Penn State 6-5 last weekend. That was intriguing. On the men's side, you want to talk Badger hockey. How about a sweet 5-2 and 3-2 over the Golden Gophers? Gophers have some things to clean up. This Wisconsin Badgers slash Mankato 2.0 team is not half bad out of the gate. Nope. um, So it should be interesting as far as that's concerned. Only other notable scores, uh, Maine beating Quinnipiac in overtime. Quinnipiac came back and won the second night, but keep an eye at how good is that Quinnipiac team going to be. Clarkson also had a good victory on Saturday. I believe it was Michigan tech. If memory serves me right. Um, Yes. Three to one was the final score in that one. So a couple things to keep an eye on here. Um, As far as NCHC teams were concerned though, Nick, um, also, Harvard tied Dartmouth 1-1 in overtime. Don't know how good Dartmouth and Harvard are, respectively. Dartmouth historically has not been, so keep an eye on that. Uh, from what the pairwise usually indicates, to the first month of the season, Harvard's usually the best team in college hockey. Um yeah. But uh, with that being said, Western Michigan and St. Cloud were both off this weekend in NCHC play. Non-conference action for the other teams. Colorado College and Denver had a flip-flop of the same opponent. Colorado College and Denver both beat Air Force 6-2 for the Tigers, 4-0 for Denver, respectively. On the other side, it was Augustana 4-3 on Saturday over Colorado College. They played Denver to a 5-5 finish on that Friday night this Augustana team. Garrett Reboyne and company, not too shabby.
1: No. Um, and you talk about going into the belly of the beast, right, for the Vikings from Augustana. Again, first year Division I program um, will be full CCHA members as of next year. Um, and, you know, it's it's weird to say that there are moral victories. We talked about this with St. Thomas over the last couple of years. You know, it is you, there's not really any that exists. But if you're Augustana and you go to – places like the Tigers and the Pios and you tie and beat them over the weekend. That's a pretty damn good weekend. Yeah, certainly is. Uh,
0: speaking of not damn good weekends, uh, the Duluth the Duluth Bulldogs, if I can say that appropriately, outscored seven to one on the weekend, four one yeah. and three nothing over Cornell. This Cornell team is very good, um, and could be a contender moving through the season. Really good recap of that, like you said, sister channel from the Soda Pod MNCAA. That show comes out on Wednesday of this week. Max Veach has a really good breakdown of his Duluth Bulldogs. And their breakdown essentially this weekend a lot of things to clean up the huskies have them in a couple of weeks so keep an eye on yeah. that but this cornell team a lot of parity between east versus west keep an eye on that uh nebraska omaha or omaha as i should say uno uh getting ready to play ohio state it was two to two on friday and four nothing buckeyes on saturday so omaha a bit of an interesting weekend. Uh, A lot to take away from on both sides, I think, if you're a Mavs fan entering the following week. North Dakota, speaking of Mavs teams, beating Mankato 6-2 on that initial Friday night before a 2-2 finish on Saturday. North Dakota might be willing to play with a little bit of fire here and have a little bit of kickback, a little bit more than we maybe you know, expected early on in the season. So keep an eye on them. Mankato, uh, obviously usually atop the CCHA. it will be intriguing to see how that conference shakes out in and of itself. So yep. um, Nick final score that we need to get through over the course of the weekend. And it's one that's pertinent. If you're a Huskies fan five, four, the Red Hawks win on Friday. One, one was the score Saturday against uh, Arizona state. The Red Hawks taking them on. Of course, don't forget the sun devils will be part of the NCHC next season. Miami will be part of the first NCA NCHC action slate for the Huskies this upcoming weekend. Red Hawks grouping, not looking half bad, Nick, a very good test. Their first real challenging showing over the course of the season. And they certainly did not disappoint.
1: No, they did not. Um, You know, and for, for us and maybe our predictions, right. Um, Let's just say that, you know, might as well just, you know, roll up uh, you know some six die or whatnot and you might have a better <laughs> shot at where things are landing at the moment. But um just as much as we say it's early for St. Cloud's early for Miami, right? Yep. But um let's say they've been impressive for one and one as their record. Yep. And you know, Arizona State has actually been pretty hot out of the gate themselves. So yeah. That's nothing to scoff at um if you're a red you know if you're a Redhawks fan. But you noah know, does this throw a little bit of heart palpitations. Uh, to Huskies fans, only to think that in years past, if we ever opened up the NCHC versus the Colorado College in Miami uh, and maybe at times in Omaha, you know it's gonna be a battle like it always is, but you kind of felt like, okay, we'll we'll probably figure out a way to get you know two went out of the deal. I can imagine the way the huskies are playing or have played just to get a week off and you know you hope that you know there's a lot of attention paid to film that um, this isn't gonna be the same approach. Uh, mentally, for Huskies fans, I should say, going into this weekend because um, Miami looks like they're playing some pretty good hockey. And at the end of the day, um, this is sort of a you know a put-up or shut-up weekend for the Huskies. I mean, and I, I think you would agree with me on this. It feels early to say that, but this it doesn't feel like the Huskies have gained really much of any consistent traction so far to the first month of the season. And you, you know now with the conference points on the line and an opportunity to sort of rewrite the history books for this year, starting this weekend. Um, you got to start it off right away on Friday, right? And um, Miami's looking like they're going to be a pretty darn formidable opponent early on. Um, so that can go both ways, right? In, in my case, it's, it's good and it's bad, right? It's bad because they're playing good hockey, right? The good news is sometimes you need to be put up against the best to be Brought out your best. And I really hope that that is the formula we get for the Huskies. But let's just say they're going to have a lot of things to prove on the ice. And um, oh boy, uh, this weekend has, I think, massive implications on where their season trajectory could go.
0: Yeah, certainly would agree. I think if you would have taken both against Fairbanks, depending on how you thought you played last weekend, would have felt a little bit better. Maybe yep. snar- uh, snagging one for Mankato, considering you dropped the two-goal lead, just a lot of negative things entering into that bye week early on. Huskies maybe needed it, though, like you mentioned. Uh, if you want to be technical, Nick, because, of course, the NCHC officially gets underway and rolling six of the eight teams are in conference action this upcoming week. Theoretically, if you want to do non-NCHC NCHC standings in a variety of facets, here I did that on an Excel spreadsheet that, to the best of my ability, largely based on winning percentage and games played, among other things, but. If you want to be technical, Western Michigan atop the standing St. Cloud State at the bottom at number eight. Uh, the Huskies, the only team, even with the, the sweep against for the Bulldogs, they are still over 507th place. Uh, Western Michigan at, at an 875 winning percentage. Uh, Gold differential a plus eight. CC, North Dakota, Miami. Uh, excuse me, CC is an 833 winning percentage. They played six. They're five and one on the season. Uh, North Dakota, Miami, and DU all respectively a 750 winning percentage all four one and one uh and then UNO the mavericks uh sitting at a 625 with uh, a two one and one kind of a weird blip they haven't played much the bulldogs have played the most of any grouping with seven games played three two and two they're at a 571 huskies you know, we talked about this, 2-2-2 two, 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 or 2-4 two and four overall, a three thirty-three winning percentage. Nick, the worst goal differential besides the Huskies in the NCHC, and don't forget, it was a minus-6 goal differential for the Bulldogs last week. Still has them at plus-2 over the course of the season. St. Cloud's at a dash-5, the only negative team in the NCHC. Yeah, this is a big weekend. This is a big weekend against a Red Hawks team that is red-hot right now, and this is a St. Cloud team that is absolutely reeling. If you want to stay, Pat, in the NCAA, if you want to feel like you've got a bit of confidence entering in the conference portion of the season and, of course, some non-conference games against big-time opponents uh, in Michigan and, you know, Bemidji State, of course, who's having an interesting season, as is the entire CCHA. Um you've got to kind of start locking things down. This is a great weekend to see what the Huskies are going to be made of. Great couple of weeks uh, moving ahead. It's 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 kind of do or die time for this Huskies team, because I don't feel like the rest of the conference is going to shut up and wait for them. you yeah. know. And this Redhawks team certainly has a chance to maybe take both from St. Cloud. They've done it before against a Huskies team that was very good. This Redhawks team historically has given St. Cloud fits in recent years. Uh, other action, by the way, um, Of course, this one is in St. Cloud. Don't forget, again, if you want an excuse to watch good hockey and two teams that need your support for two very different reasons right now, and it's flip-flop of the reasons that we've normally been accustomed to, Huskies play at 7.30 Central Time on that Friday night. Uh, Don't forget, women play at 3 that day. Then women play at 1 o'clock on Saturday. The men's game uh, for this one will be at 6 o'clock Central Time. So you can get an entire weekend of hockey that uh, should be good in the Granite City. Other NCHC games: Western Michigan back in action. They travel to Baxter Arena in Omaha, CC. The Gold Pan matchup, home and home against Denver to start the year there. Uh, non-conference: North Dakota will not get into NCHC action next week. It'll be uh, traveling to Boston University and Duluth. Of course, we play the Gophers. Max Feicht did a great breakdown for us on MNCAA as well, too. But Nick, you know, you look around at all of these standings. Wisconsin, Maine, Providence, Miami, New Hampshire, round out your top five in the pairwise if you want to have some wild fun with it. Huskies puck drop, 7.30 p.m. Central Time, November 3rd. What's got to happen against this Redhawks team for them to right the ship here against a Miami team that maybe might not finish dead last in the cellar in the NCHC right now?
1: Uh, let's just say you have to come out and you have to be ready at the drop of the puck. Um, If there's one thing we've noticed about St. Cloud this year, and it's been, you know, sometimes we've seen this in years past where the Huskies take a couple of minutes to get to the game. They don't have two to five minutes. They got to be ready and they have to be driving possession. They have to be on their toes. And whether it's you know, maybe take a page out of Omaha's book and maybe just, you know, it's just simply getting pucks deep and then, you know, maybe just throwing some bodies around, just kind of get you into the game a little bit, right? Um, Not to say you want to be reckless because that can go back the other way, right? But I think you have to set the tone early. And from what we've seen, St. Cloud is more successful if they score first, too. I think they have to pop the first one. Um, Again, we, we talk about how some of these things seem cliche, how they seem like, you know, it's a small detail, but St. Cloud has been, shall we see, on the other side of the details that the other teams are executing right now. So to me, that's the two biggest things for St. Cloud. Yes, You have to be ready to go. You have to have energy. And uh, chances are, if you are the one that's dictating the play, uh, good bounces and maybe you get some puck luck. Uh, again, this team is much different when they pop the first one, at least so far in this early young season. Uh, no, I would imagine those two are on your list as well, but do you have anything else?
0: Yeah. Scoring first and sustaining leads two and three when they've scored first and they lost the only game when the opponent got on the board first, the Huskies have had decent starts, but it's kind of more about having that, that killer mentality is once you're on the board, can you lock it down? Can you extend the lead? That's what St. Cloud teams in years past have been able to do. And again, this Miami grouping, they've shown in recent years that they've been able to score in bunches. So as you mentioned, you got to be ready at the start and finish of every period, of course. Um, as my broadcast partner my not Ken Oda, has a buddy that likes to say, he says, if you're good in the first 10 minutes and the last 10 minutes of each period, you should have a good outcome. So, I mean, <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, I mean, very much true. And, I mean, you look at the numbers. I, you know, when we talk with Max talking about the Bulldogs uh, on MNCAA, 20% is the power play, 80% is the PK. Very middling, par for the course, okay numbers in the NCHC not good enough for this husky squad right now they've just got to be better you know they are under 500 in the pairwise points percentage percentage quite obviously they're in the 40s in the pairwise although it's way too early to be looking at that intently with any sort of confidence but what we can confidently say is this is a big test for St. Cloud. Miami has Miami has not necessarily been that team. They've been in and out as far as the Huskies grouping, where they've given them fits, especially last year, a couple of shootout victories for the Huskies that, that gave them a challenge in the middle of their swoon, so to speak. Don't forget, two years removed from scoring the biggest biggest goal differential weekend in NCHC history against this Red Hawks team. This is not your grandpa's Red Hawks team of two years ago. It's not the 2013 team either, but no, they're they've started very well. They've shown us what they can do. St. Cloud's got to get it done. I know that sounds vague. I know we've been harping on it for quite a bit, but the what makes you seal the fire for you? Know. Well, well, the big challenge no. for Brett Larson is just, you know, what we've seen him have a lineup card that has maybe worked, maybe not. We've seen the lineup card flipped over. Formula has not been found in the chemistry lab right now for this Huskies team, and it's you know, it's not like it's oh if so-and-so doesn't play well, you slot him in and he's going to be a bulldog and it's going to fix all the problems. And we're going to get a different look. It's the different look still hasn't been the right one. Huskies got to figure it out quick.
1: Uh, let's fuel the fire. As I mentioned before, um, last time the Huskies technically lost, meaning got swept by Miami. So remember last February, they had two ties, technically a one, one and a three, three tie. Yep. But Noah, how long ago, since that either building was St. Claude swept by the Redhawks.
0: Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to say probably inaugural year or second year. I'm going to go with inaugural year in the NCHC
1: was not, it actually was in 2016, 2017. Ooh. It was in Oxford, Ohio it was a four to one loss on Saturday, a three to two loss mm. on Friday, but that was in Oxford. You have to go back to 2014-2015 to find the last time that... Actually, I take that back. I misread that. It actually goes back a little bit further. Yep, it goes back to... Yep, nope, it was 1314 when they got swept last by the Red Hawks at home. It was March 14th and 15th both one goal contests, 5 to 4 and then 4 to 3 respectively Friday and Saturday would,
0: would that not have been the year that Miami upset them in the NCHC quarterfinal does that I mean, not sound maybe, correct be, but uh either way that's well nick i guess uh, that sounds 10 years ago to ask the obvious broadcaster question in the
1: room why do you bring up such a statistic from the red hawks because at the end of the day um when you look at the history 38 wins, 19 losses, six ties over this. It means absolutely nothing right now.
0: Yeah. And it what means you're, nothing. And what you're saying is there's a serious possibility that the Red Hawks could do that this weekend based yeah. on the way St. Cloud has been playing. Now and also based on the way Miami's playing. Now we could have a weekend where the Huskies figure it out. Week off did them great. They sweep the other direction. Good large score spreads, complete package throughout 120 minutes of hockey. And we're having a totally different conversation. We'd love to see it. We're not there yet, Nick. We're not no, we're there not. yet.
1: And again, you know, one weekend, great. But then they got to follow it up, right? Um, but you got to start somewhere at the end of the day. Yep. Uh, this would be a great time to get things started. Um, hope that again, like you mentioned, they, you know, put some eyes to the uh, the film room and uh, have worked some things out in practice and uh, would be curious to see again, if there's any additional lineup movements or changes, right? Because at the end of the day, like you said, uh, the chemistry lab hasn't come up with the, uh, the compounds that uh, they are mixing up that they've been wanting, uh, not the reaction that they wanted. So let's, let's continue the chemistry puns while we're at it. Um, It's been uh, less than, you know, a flashbang. And they, they definitely need to, like you said, uh, figure out the right formula or else um, things aren't looking too good. Yeah. It's not going to be great. And
0: uh, don't forget, uh, of course, maybe they get some reinforcements back guys get back to full strength. I believe I uh, backup netminder, James Gray was nursing a bit of an injury too. So maybe you start to see some guys get a little bit more healthy over the course of the last two weeks too. So, you know, Huskies need your support. I mean, you should be in for all four of these games. If you're not doing anything in the Granite City or making a trip up there, go see some hockey. Huskies hockey on the docket. I know Miami is not a big name opponent. Wisconsin, a little bit bigger on the WCHA side, but all four games would be pertinent right now because if you're Brett Larson, got to focus on the first five minutes, first 20, first night, go from there. Can't look at the bigger picture. Just got to kind of stay in the moment a little bit and try to get things done. Should be good. So women's team playing uh, at three o'clock and one o'clock friday saturday against the wisconsin badgers men's side of course it's i believe it's 7 30 and 6 o'clock friday saturday respectively against the miami redhawks all four games at the herbrooks national hockey center in the granite city should be good we'll be here to recap it all next week for nick max i'm noah grant and we will see you soon in the den
1: And scores! Ripped in! A bomb from No, yeah. so Dana Rasmussen fires and she scores! Dana Rasmussen for the Huskies! No. A long Dwayne Kaprizov in for a chance to win!
0: It's now 42.6 seconds away from wrapping up the school's first ever title.